Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome into episode 25 on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. Man, let me just say this and start out with this, that it feels good to be back. It feels good to be back. We've been on a two-week hiatus. Um, I have been redoing our coffee shop there for the ministry, Jehovah Java, which is the coffee shop uh, that our students at the recovery program work at, which helps fund our ministry, but also is teaching our students work ethic we call it work therapy and it's teaching them how to have a solid work ethic work skills uh working in the public working with people learning how to talk to people and 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 have a and develop a great work ethic and so we've been remodeling that place for the last couple of weeks and man has it just about been the death of me but praise god for breakthrough and we uh got finished up with with the coffee shop and it is now open so if you are in the middle tennessee region Please, please come visit us, 1920 MacArthur Street, Manchester, Tennessee, 37355. You can also follow the coffee shop on Facebook at Jehovah Java. And check out all the delicious and the wonderful items there that our students are making. And so, yes, it's been good. Been busy with the church um, there at Canvas Community, Shebbyville. God has really been moving. The Spirit of God has been poured out on our church. We're having revival at this uh, little church, 2011 South Cannon Boulevard, Chevyville, Tennessee. God is really moving there. We are just in a state of revival. We have revival coming up this Wednesday. Brother Jasper Wilson will be preaching the word. I'm so excited to release him. Uh, brother in the Lord, I actually went to high school with and, uh, you know, was he was mixed up in a, in a gang-banging lifestyle and I was mixed up in my mess and now we both have been radically saved by the power of the gospel, praise God. And he's going to be preaching this Wednesday. And then we have Brother Chris Brooks, who's been on the show with us before, is coming and doing a three-day revival uh, starting this upcoming Sunday. So he'll be there Sunday through Wednesday. So a lot of great things um, are going on. It's been awesome. Uh, I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holidays. My goodness, I was going to say, you know, I hope you ate as much food as I did, but I probably hope you only ate half the amount of food that I did because I was out of control. Let me tell you, man, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving, so I pray that you did as well. Pray blessings in the Lord upon you, and uh, I'm excited for today's show. Um, we're getting back into our series, Ruthinator. You know, this whole series is about faithfulness and perseverance and Looking at the story in the life of Ruth is absolutely incredible to see all the things that she went through and to see how God wove it all together in her story because God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. And so I'm excited to jump back into this series and we're talking about one of my favorite topics, uh, you know, today in Ruth and Nader part three, and we're talking about the favor of God, the favor of the Lord. Come on, somebody that's worth giving God a shout and praise for, because you need the favor of God in your life. First of all, if you are a believer and you have said yes to Jesus and you're really following him and you really live for him, 
you have a level of favor automatically on your life because you are a believer and you are a Christian and you are a child of God. When you are a child of God, that comes with benefits. It's not why you do it, but it is a byproduct of sonship. Amen. Right. And so we're going to talk about favor a little bit today. I'm so excited to jump into this thing. So let's jump straight into the word here. Ruth and Nader part three. We're still reading from Ruth chapter 1. So there was a, actually this is chapter 2. So there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I might find what favor. And she said to her, go my daughter. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers and she happened oh she just so happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz who was of the family of Elimelech now behold Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers the Lord be with you and they answered him the Lord bless you then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers whose young woman is this translation today is who is that right there who is that woman what's her number what's her name So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little while in the house. Verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go and glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said, Why have I found favor? There's that word again in your eyes that you should look and take notice of me since I am a foreigner. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father, your mother, the land of your birth, and have come to the people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to me, your maidservant, that I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers. How many of you know you need a a man, ladies, you need a man that will bring the bread to the table. Come on, somebody. And I ain't just talking about finances because Jesus is the what? The bread of life. If he can't lead you to the bread, what are you really doing? So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, watch this, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it at that, that she may glean and glean and do not rebuke her father. I pray over the next couple of minutes. That you would bless the reading of your word, God. Bless the reading of your word. We need you. Let it fall on good soil and produce a hundredfold. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, I ask it. Amen. And so we've been in our series, Ruthinator, for the past couple of weeks here on the show. Besides 
an uh, interjection with a interview that I felt needed to happen with Pastor Jason Daldrill. Shout out, Pastor J- Jason Daldrill. Love you, man. So grateful for you. But we've been in this series, a Ruthinator. Um, and yeah, you heard that right. Ruthinator. It's, it's, it comes from me thinking of Terminator because she is so faithful. She is so perseverant, just like how the Terminator was, right? And, uh, you know, she was just, she was not willing to quit. And so we establish our characters in the story of Ruth. Ruth is a vision of beauty. And she's not only beautiful, but she's smart too. There's Boaz. I said Boaz, not Bozo. His name means strength, and he is a type of Christ. Orpah, it means turn back. Naomi, she was pleasant until she left the bread and the praise, right? Because when you leave the bread and when you leave the praise, things start dying, right? We understand that. She left the bread and the praise. She left Judah, which means praise. She left Bethlehem, which means house of bread. You don't leave the house of the bread and the praise when there's a famine. Elimelech, his name means God is my king. And he didn't live up to his name because he dragged his family into a land of idols when things got tough. We've talked about Bethlehem, Judah, where they came from. Bethlehem, house of praise, house of bread. Judah means praise. So we've talked about the bread and the praise or the word and the praise. And we have talked about what will happen when you leave them. And then we get here to chapter two. And now we're getting to some really good stuff because y'all might just love me after today when we get done talking about this because I came to encourage somebody today I came to build somebody up today because we talking about favor we talking about favor today come on somebody I said we talking about favor today you see we've been talking about and are going to talk about faithfulness and perseverance in this series but faithfulness and perseverance set you up for this thing called favor. Somebody say it with me, favor. And if you have faithfulness and perseverance, God will begin to sprinkle sprinkle favor on your life. And when God's favor hits your life, you are talking about going from one level to the next. Come on, somebody. When you have the favor of God on your life, you can go from begging in a field to owning the field. When you have the favor of God on your life, you can go from being surrounded with a world full of destruction, chaos, and sin to being the only one on the boat, a.k.a. Noah and the flood. And you and your entire family can be the only ones that can make it out. I'm talking today about the favor of God that when you walk into a room, people just want to bless you because you're carrying Carrying something different than the world around you. I said I'm talking about favor today. Favor, favor, favor. I'm talking about you having a level of favor in the earth simply because you're a child of God. The earth is the Lord's and all the fullness thereof. And you are now a joint heir with Christ. So that means the earth is yours as well. Come on. I'm talking about the favor of God. So let me set the table for you real quick for what favor it is in itself and what it is not. What is favor and what it is not? Because favor is not grace. Let me say that again. Favor is not grace. Grace by definition is unmerited favor of God. But the type of favor we're talking about today is that of merit. And this type of favor is recorded all over the Bible. So many people out there say the grace of God is free. But let me tell you something this morning or today that the grace of God is not free, but it is paid for. 
The grace of God was bought on Calvary by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God who was beaten and marred more than any man on the face of the earth so that when you make a mistake, you don't have to run and hide like Adam and Eve, but you can run into the loving arms of the Father who made a way for you to get back to him. That's why it's so pathetic when people abuse the grace of God and live in sin. And they'll say things like, oh, well, it's paid for. I'm forgiven. I can do what I want. But a true revelation of grace of God, of the grace of God produces righteousness. If you ever preach grace or you hear somebody preaching grace apart from transformation, they will be preaching perversion. When you realize and have a revelation of how messed up you are without him and the fact that while you were yet a sinner, God sent his one and only son so that you might become the righteousness of God. Trying to sin and get away with it goes out the door. Mm. Let me get off that soapbox. Because I'm trying to explain the grace of God, but. But the grace of God is available to every believer who has said yes to him. You have grace and plenty of it. Let me encourage us today. The Bible says where sin abounds, so much more does grace abound that grace isn't free, but it's paid for. The grace of God is available to you. And guess what? You can't outrun the grace of God. You can't outsend the grace of God. You can't get away from the grace of God. It's scandalous. It doesn't make any sense. It will pursue you. It will restore you. I'm talking about the grace of God. I wonder if there's anybody listening today who's thankful for the grace of God that when you make a mistake God isn't done with you and God will restore you through his grace and he will establish you through his grace and he will put an assignment on you because of his grace he will give you strength through his grace he can take you from one level to the next level in one moment because of his grace I'm talking about the grace of God that is unmerited you can't do nothing to deserve it you don't deserve the grace of God. There's nothing you can do to earn more of the grace of God. It is ready and available to you in every situation and in every season. It's also the same for the love of God. You can't do anything to make God love you any more than he already does. He's paid the highest price to get you back. He Heaven went bankrupt, folks, for 33 years to get you back. The love of God is available to you and he wants you he has pursued you to get you to this point. And today I'm going to show you that there's something more for you. So are you following me here? That's what the what, what the great are you following me about what the grace of God is? By definition, it is the unmerited favor of God. You didn't earn it. But let's look back at the favor of God from a biblical context. The definition of favor is this approval, support or liking of someone or something. Also, an act of kindness beyond what is usual or due. So all throughout the Bible, you will find men and women who found favor in the eyes of the Lord or favor with mankind. I gave you one earlier example. The Bible says in chapter six of Genesis that Noah found what favor in the eyes of the Lord because what? Because he was a righteous man. Genesis 6, 8 through 9. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord 
These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, and Noah also walked with God. So the Bible says here that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why did Noah find favor in the eyes of the Lord? Was it for no reason? Had he done nothing to get God's attention? No, no. The Bible says that he was a righteous man. The Bible also says that he was a preacher of righteousness. The Bible says that he was blameless in his generation. Let me give you some more Bible to back up what I'm saying here. Proverbs 3 and verse 3 says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And in so find, what? Favor and good repute in the sight of who? God and man. So according to the scriptures, it sounds like favor is poured out on someone who has a certain type of lifestyle. God's grace is given freely to you, but I came to tell someone today that the favor of God is something different. The favor of God is him smiling down on you because of your lifestyle. And when you get the favor of God on your life and you have faithfulness and perseverance and you're faithful to God when times are good and you're faithful to God when times are bad and you can show some grit and some perseverance and say, God, I'm not leaving you. I'm not turning back. There's nothing to turn back to. You set yourself up for favor. And if you have perseverance, faithfulness, and favor, you can kiss the begging in the field goodbye because God is getting ready to set you up for from begging to owning. This is a moment right here and right now for a praise break. I don't care if you're at the cubicle and work, riding down the road in your car or at the gym. If you want the favor of God and you're thankful that you can have access to the favor of God and that you're willing to be perseverant, And that you're willing to show faithfulness. And if you can tag team those up together with some favor, favor of God will set you up from from famine to bread, from death to life, from grace to favor. The favor of God will turn you into the lender and not the borrower from the head and not the tail. I'm preaching this from blessed going in to blessed going out. Is there anyone today that wants the favor of God that can take you from one level to the next? If that's. You give God 10 seconds of praise right now. Uh, Don't be shy. I know you at the gym. Go ahead and throw your hands up and worship God one second. Hmm. Let's look at this text. Now that I have set the table for you on what favor is and what favor isn't. Watch this first one. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. So I've been telling you that Ruth is not only a vision of beauty, but she has a good head on her shoulders. Single men listening to the show today pay attention. But she makes a powerful statement here. With two things that caught my attention. She says, I need to go glean. Number two, in whom sight I might find favor. We know that glean here in context is talking about the harvest. She was in the field literally picking up scraps. She was picking up what others had dropped. She was getting the leftovers. Glean by definition is this, to extract information from another source, I think I might preach a little bit because the reason why some of us aren't walking in the favor of God is because you're following people that can't drop anything for you to glean off of. 
Man, I should probably repeat that. The reason why some of us aren't walking in the favor of God is because we're too busy following people that ain't got nothing to drop for us to glean off of. You're following folks that aren't dropping anything for you to glean off of. You're following people who have nothing to give or bring to the table of your destiny. You're following people who have no God-given revelation for you to glean from. They have no information for you to extract from their source. They're not dropping anything for you to pick up. I told you Ruth wasn't just pretty, she was smart. Ruth's mentality was, I am faithful and persistent, but I also have to get in front of someone who has something to offer. My goodness, that right there will preach. I've got to get in front of someone who knows more than I do. Stop thinking that you have everything all figured out. Stop thinking you have all the answers. Humble yourself and sit underneath someone and glean from their knowledge. Extract information from them. Ruth says, I have to get in front of someone who has more than what I have going on right now. And because I have been faithful and perseverant, God is going to pour out favor on my life and provide me with everything I need. We need this mentality to hit the body of Christ, church, because Jesus has everything you need. And when you are faithful to him and when you are persistent to get in his presence, he becomes your Boaz. He is your kinsman redeemer, and he can take you from begging in the field to owning the field this whole thing is a picture of jesus and the kinsman redeemer concept which we will get to i believe next week but the second thing ruth is smart enough to understand is that she can't find favor with someone who can't see her ah stop looking to find favor in the sight of god when you will not get in front of him because that's what this is about right we we got to find favor in the eyes of god he's the one that can provide for you he's the one who can change you he's the one who can change everything for you in an instant so you have to find favor in his sight but here's the thing you got to get to his sight stop looking to find favor in the sight of god when you won't get in front of him For him to see you and for you to see him. Stop looking for the favor of God when you won't get in front of him and pray. Stop looking for the favor of God on your life when you won't worship and praise. He inhabits the praises of his people, right? So when you praise, he shows up and he can see you. Stop looking for his favor when you refuse to read his word and spend time with him. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, right? So when you spend time in the word, you're spending time in front of him. He can see you. I'm reminded of the the story of Zacchaeus in the Bible where he was with a man of short stature, but he heard Jesus was coming in. Zacchaeus decides that he needs to climb a sycamore tree so that he is able to see Jesus and where he could look upon this one named Jesus and Jesus could look upon him and see him. And in one moment, because he postured and positioned himself to be in the sight of Jesus, everything changed for him. He went from being Zacchaeus, the crooked tax collector, to being the favored of God and the only one hosting the son of God for dinner that night in one moment because he postured himself for God to see him and for him to see God. Mm. That's so powerful. What would happen to the world around you if you positioned and postured yourself with hunger for him to get in front of Jesus and for him to see you and you to see him in whose sight you might find favor? I'll tell you what would happen. The world around you would begin to look different. The world around you would begin to feel different and be different because you could begin to walk in the supernatural favor of God. Mm. Back to 
our text here. Look at verse three. The Bible says she happened. Oh, boy. She she happened to come to the field of Boaz. Ain't that just like a woman? Oh, this is your car. Oh, this is this. This is your house. (laughs) I'm kidding, because it really it goes both ways. I remember the first time I talked to Kelsey, my wife, uh, while inviting her to the young adult group at Canvas where I was on staff. And I just so happened to show up at Buddy Break that same night. Oh, oh, you're volunteering here tonight. <laughs> oh, man, crazy stuff. Buddy Break was where my wife was was volunteering uh, for special needs kids. And I just so happened to show up that night. Yeah, don't you love how that works? But let's talk about that for a second since we're talking about relationships. Because there, here in verse 4, Boaz says, whose young woman is this? I said it was read. Translation for that is, who is that over there? What's her name? What's her number? How can I talk to her? Who does she belong? Is she married? Is she available? Is she single? Who is that over there? And Boaz gets hit with some more good news as they answer and say, this, this right, that, oh, that woman over there, that's Ruth, the Moabite woman. She is a vision of beauty is what her name means. And uh, this is the one that everybody's been talking about in town. She is the one who's been faithful to Naomi when she didn't have to be. She has shown persistence in the famine to get back to the house of the bread and the praise. She t- told Naomi, I've got to get where God is. God isn't in Moab. I heard that God is over there in Judah, and I'm going with you, Naomi. I, I'm not going anywhere. And not only is this being told to him, but he is seeing the work ethic of Miss Ruth in action. Let me just talk about that for a second here, because Ruth has shown faithfulness and perseverance to get to the word and the praise. But she also has a revelation that there is more. And if there is more, that means I have to do something to get to it. Ah, That'll preach right there, too, because, you know, the problem with some of us and why we don't walk in the favor of God is because we get saved and we think that that's it. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get we get saved and we think that that's it. Can it help us today that faith without works is dead? We got a generation with a pocket full of seeds that won't plant, but expecting but are expecting a harvest. It is her work ethic mixed with her faithfulness and perseverance that sets her up for the supernatural favor of God. I'm not talking about salvation, God's grace or God's love. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any more than he already does. So before anyone sends me an email or a Facebook message or gets me on Instagram, let me be very clear. I'm not talking about salvation, grace or God's love. I'm talking about God's favor. You can't do anything to make God love you any more than he already does. But your lifestyle can make God smile on your life. And if God ever smiles on you, your life will never be the same. It is her actions of righteousness that set her up for supernatural favor that changes her forever. Mm. Watch this. I'm going to help you all this morning because I'm going to prove it in the text. Look at verse 10. So she fell on her face and bowed before him and said, why have I found favor in your eyes that I should that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said, it has been fully reported to me 
all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and have come to people whom you did not know before. Watch this. Verse 12. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge and translation. Very simply put, the Lord showed favor on her life. The Lord God of Israel showed favor on her life and repaid her for her work. It's a little principle in the scriptures called sowing and reaping. But anyway, so we see here it is because of her lifestyle. It's because of her mentality of faithfulness. It is because of her perseverance she had shown in her life when things went crazy. She had tied kindness, mercy, and truth around her neck as Proverbs 3 says. And so she found favor not only with God, but with man as well. Do you understand that God wants to connect you with people that can help you accomplish your God-given mandate in the earth? Different people have different assignments, but we come together. But when we come together, excuse me, different people have different assignments. But when we come together, teamwork makes the dream work, right? Watch this verse 15. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Watch this. Also let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it and she may glean and do not rebuke her. Did you catch that? Did you hear what the Bible just says? When you begin to walk in supernatural favor, God will begin to have people, places and things drop blessings purposely for your benefit. That's worth giving God shout of praise right now. I said when the supernatural favor of God hits your life, things will begin to take place. You can't even explain all the people that was talking crazy about you six months ago. All of a sudden, they don't have nothing to say about you anymore. The boss at work that was constantly on your case will begin to leave you alone and he won't even understand why he's giving you the promotion the banker won't understand why he's giving you the loan because your credit ain't even that good with the favor of god you can go from renting to owning real quick your business that was struggling to pay the bills six months ago if the favor of god ever falls down on it you can go from on the verge of closing to supernatural blessing i'm talking about the favor of god that's supernatural it's not natural baby it's super natural i don't know about you but i serve a super god and if he ever looks down on your life and smiles favor will be a byproduct and favor can take you from begging in the field to owning the field Mm. favor is something that comes on your life when god looks down on your life and smiles i'm here to tell you that every believer automatically has some level of favor but can i encourage you today that there is more You're walking the earth as a child of God, which automatically comes with a level of favor. Why? Because the father owns it all and you're a joint heir with Christ. But I'm telling you, with a certain lifestyle, God can and will look down on your life and pour out supernatural favor that can change everything for you. He can put you in front of one person that can shift the trajectory of your life because you have the favor of God on your life. Don't despise those people get in front of them and let god through favor change everything for you glean from the right people don't despise those people get in front of them and let god 
through favor change everything for you. You know, so many people can't get blessed because they can't celebrate nobody. Somebody has more than them. They just want to talk bad, run them through the mud. Why ain't God did this for me? Why ain't God did that? No, you need to go glean off of those people and go see what it is that they're doing right. But glean from the right people. Live righteously. Be faithful. Show perseverance. Be persistent and receive the favor of God and watch him drop blessings for you purposely. Wow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. God, we thank you that you are a supernatural God and that you have supernatural favor that you want to pour out on your children. There's only one requirement, God, and that is to live righteously as Noah did, to show perseverance and faithfulness as Ruth did. And God, tie kindness and mercy around our neck, bind them around our neck, and in so find favor in the sight of God and in the sight of man. Help us to be full of kindness. Help us to be full of truth, Lord God. We pray for the supernatural provision of God, the supernatural favor of God to be on our life. For every listener that hearing today, that is listening and hearing today, God, I pray that you would bless them with the favor of the Lord. I pray favor over their life today. Help them, Holy Ghost, to live righteously. Help them to hear the precious voice of the Holy Spirit and obey your commands and live the way that you would have us to live. Father, we honor you, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. Help us to be faithful and perseverant. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to episode 25 today. We're so pleased that you are listening to this podcast. I pray that it is richly blessing you in the revelation and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Remember, this is the Recovery to Recovered podcast. We believe that there is a road to recovery for any person that is coming out of addiction listening today. There is a road to recovery and it ends on a street called Redeem. Jesus paid the price for you to be happy, for you to be whole, for you to be healed. Not that you won't have a valley, but that the valleys don't seem so low when you're walking with King Jesus. We love you guys. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.